All right, everyone, welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. In our last episode, we mentioned we were going to be talking about chaos and order. And uh, today we're going to be focusing a bit more on the, the side of chaos. But I think you're going to see as we get into this conversation how truth deeply impacts the outcome of this, regardless of the intentions of someone as you're navigating through this. So I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, let's get into it. Does somebody kind of want to define chaos? Because I know, at least for me, when I started just first thinking about this chaos and order stuff, and I know a lot of people out there, when you hear chaos, you think anarchy, negative craziness, like, yeah, like a negative stereotype of anarchy. I always picture the Tasmanian devil spinning around and going nuts, like in the cartoons. So like, what does chaos in this context actually mean? According to Google, um, the now trusted source is complete disorder and confusion. Um, the physics definition is behavior so unpredictable as to appear random owing to great sensitivity to small changes in conditions. The formless matter is supposed to have existed before the creation of the universe. And I think where we were getting to it's chaos was kind of like that, that adventure stepping beyond the walls, uh, stepping into unknown, um, having to learn something new would kind of be that chaos side of things where order was things that were established, things that were stable, uh, maybe systems that we use habits that we have that we don't have to think about anymore. Uh, how do we conduct our day that's systematic, but that can become pretty dry, dull, um, real legalistic. It could be, it, it could strip us. So, so I think when we were talking about the context, it was referring to more, how do how do we bring more life to something but causes you to expand, learn something new, create? But then at some point, we've got to bring some order into it. Otherwise, we'll be in a constant state of uh, too much newness all the time. You never really establish anything. You can't really build on it. So how do we bring those two pieces together? So I think that was the context where we were going down the road with that. I'm kind of wondering how you guys would see the the need if there is a need for chaos in our lives and how to handle that because from from that context it it seems like chaos is something that as people at large we look at as a not so good thing and we try to avoid it so we see that as like the wild world that needs to be tamed and once we've tamed it then that's kind of the the goal like the idea is to tame it so it's not so chaotic anymore. And then we've arrived at a good place. So it's almost like chaos in that context for a lot of people, I think, is something that we need to fix and not, not something that should be a normal part of life. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or at least almost, that's how I think a lot of people see it. It's almost like a bad thing. Yeah. I, w- I would say that the, there is some people who like, thrive in chaos when like everything is out of order like that's just where they're like creative the most and like experience life the most i i would have to say i i probably fit into that category in fact it's weird because every job that i've had over i've always been thrown into scenarios where it's not in order and you're thrown into it and then order has to kind of come out of that but when i'm in order i i find myself not knowing what to do it's to me, because it feels like when you're in order, it's like 
you got to kind of be told what to do. Whereas like in chaos, like you get to like figure it out as you go. Cause I feel like I almost thrive in that same situation better. Like, or like something that's super structured because then I'm always asking, Oh, like what's the next step? Like, how do I do this? You know, how do I do that? Whereas if you just like gave me a problem and like, was just like figured out, you know, I could figure something out. Can I maybe put an outline real quick so that way everybody's listening kind of understands where we're going with this conversation to begin with is we're talking really about how do we live in our in our current world and it kind of stems from originally that the the dreams podcast and and making plans and goals in in the way our world currently is and so when we are talking about this how do we take what we are and what we are created in our, and and our identity and then how do we plan and utilize that in our current world? And we're, we're dealing with all these things. We have systems that are, that are old that people are against. And then we have the new chaos or the new, new ideas that are rolling around. But there's how, how do we function in that? And you mentioned the word discipline. And I think I kind of wanted maybe you have to be disciplined in both. So you, if you're not disciplined, you really can't function in chaos in a healthy manner. And you won't be able to bring order to it either. So the discipline really is a separate component. But again, I want to take this beyond because this idea of the American dream where I have this idea, I'm just going to go at it with my passion and I'm just going to bring it to pass and, and it's going to grow and da, 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 da. I, I, I think there's an element that still functions in that of the parts that are true. But I think that idea, uh, First of all, it really doesn't work like that. But second, I think we have to re relook at what that means. So do you think back to Jason's question, we need to kind of rethink our idea of chaos and like maybe that some people try to avoid avoid it, whereas maybe we should look at it as though we're trying to not fix it for the sake of fixing it, but fix it for the sake of growing as a person. Maybe that I feel like that's how I usually view chaos in this situation is like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to come out on the other side of chaos in order, but not just for the sake of order, but to like grow something in me to like learn something from the chaos or like the experience of chaos. Can you give an, can you give an example of what you're referring to? Like an actual example mm -hmm. to make it easier for people understand a good example would be in our relationships. Like if there's conflict, like conflict could be a form of chaos, but if you don't like come to some sort of resolution or like, you know, communicate with the other person in the conflict, then there's still going to be that chaos there. So if you communicate with another person and you both grow past the conflict or chaos, then on the other side, you'll probably, both be better people for it and um, your relationship will be better. So it's like, even with friends, like if you have an argument, the point that's like a form of chaos in your relationship. And the point is to come out on the other side of that, maybe understanding them more or understanding yourself more, but not just like, not just to resolve it for the sake of peace and order, but like, view it as something like a growing and learning experience, I think is 
what I'm trying to say with chaos there. The the idea of Jesus going into the the temple and overturning the tables was kind of an interesting idea of, of here he's going into something that an order or a system or a, a process had been set up, but it had been done so long and accepted, but it was corrupted. And he went in almost in a sense of he would be like chaos and took order and upheavaled, turned it on its head, flipped, flipped it over both literally and physically and metaphorically because the order had been had been so dominated that it stripped life from everything else which is what it was doing so he comes in with a with the chaos and overturns everything and when i say chaos it's not that he was chaotic it was what he brought created chaos out of the order that was once there because now the there was scrambling they didn't know what to do to try to pull everything back cuz he just basically tore it down but then later on he's talking about his kingdom and there's a process to his kingdom so he's still reestablishing order so i know this seems like a weird conversation for anyone listening why we're we even talking about this because there's there's times that we have to step out and do things that go against the grain that goes against what what has been established for a while. And then there's times where we go into environments that are kind of just doing whatever, and we've got to bring some kind of order to it, or there's no health, there's no stability. You can't even build anything on it. So there's groups that just want to tear things down, but then what do you have? Nothing. There's groups that don't want any disruption to what, what's going on. Well, then you don't have any life. And that's why we keep talking about this, because our world is doing both of these things all at the same time. And so I, I was thinking even of your picture, but I think that might be a good uh, baseline to look at of when we're making plans. Jesus had a plan. He knew where he was going. He knew who he was. He knew he, knew he was heading to the cross. He knew what, what the Father had put on the inside of him. He's still learning that journey. He didn't know every single step, but he knew where in general where he was going. And sometimes he brought order, like someone who was sick and frail or broken, he brought wholeness to them. He brought peace to them. So now he brought order to their life. And then over here, he's dismantling their whole life. And he's constantly doing both depending on the person and bringing forth order through his kingdom. So I think that's kind of the baseline where we're talking about this. So how do we live like that when? The structure no longer supports what we've been called to do. Then on the other side, if we just live in chaos and there is no order, what's the long-term stability of that? And so we are, that's what I mean by we're in such a unique time of making plans uh, that I think this is a great conversation to have. Even things you trusted. If I go to college and get my degree, then I can get a good job. That isn't true. It's possible. But it's not true. And then what kind of job do you really want? One that's become tyrannical? One that is entrepreneurial when that's being trying to be forced away within our current system in America? How do, how do we do that? How, do, how does that look? That's, I think, where we were beginning before. And just to clarify for everybody listening, that's where we're talking about today. So do you think in our life sometimes 
we have to like induce chaos into our own lives or order like i guess because kind of what it sounds like is it's circumstantial based on everybody's life experience and stuff because jesus would go to you know the temple and cause disorder and chaos and then bringing order to other people's lives. So do you think, is there points in our lives where we need to put a form of chaos in our life to bring it to life? We look at it like this. If our identity is tied to the structure we live in, we're going to have a problem because you're not going to want to break it or you're going to feel vulnerable. If your identity is tied to being anti whatever you're in, you're going to have a problem. Because in time, you will always be anti-everything. So you, you, you will be destruct, you'll just be destructive. So our identity is solid. That's the only way we could navigate either side to get to our final destination. And I think that comes all the way back to our original piece. When you know what you are, you can adjust the application to accomplish what you're created for but neither the chaos nor the order can stop what you are. You just have to learn when to flow within that. So that does kind of become like a little bit of a river of bouncing back and forth, but we don't let our identity be tied to either one. Our identity affects it, but it's not tied to it. So now how do you make a plan for your future, Caleb or Tommy or Jason, when the things you once relied on 30 years ago within systems of if I get this done, then I can go here, then I can get this accomplished, now I can do this. Now we have a world that's been thrown into an absolute whirlwind of destruction through economically functionality, uh, freedoms, through the whole COVID uh, narrative. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. And so that's never going to be different because when people find new ways to create order, in a godless sense, they will do things to keep it that no one else can change what the order is. And so now it almost feels like you have to be more chaotic in order to function. And I don't think we're used to being chaotic. Well, one thing you have to realize, and this this comes as a bit of a shock for some people, maybe a lot of people in life, is that you don't get to avoid the chaos. Like we expect the world to be more ordered and more consistent, but it's not. Life does not exist it doesn't function that way you're constantly running into things that are contrary to what you are and what you believe so whether it's Caleb you talked about a relationship with a friend or whether it's Jesus in the temple there's always conflicting things that are being that are wanting to pull in different directions and you have to navigate that and once you think something is settled and it might be then something else will come along so in this example of let's say there's this person you know and you're friends with and you're having disagreements there's there's like a chaotic element to that that portion of life where you're disagreeing or there's arguments or whatever and if you don't navigate that you're never going to arrive at some kind of conclusion to whether it's there's more order in the friendship now because we figured these things out or there's more order because we figured out we can't stand to be around each other and so we're just done. I'm unfriending you. So some order can come of it, but that's the entire process of life. It's not, okay, once everything's orderly, then I'll be fine. Nothing is ever or 
life as a whole is not orderly. There is chaos intertwined with it. And here, so here's an example, and maybe this will help clear it up in my head at least, because I think in terms of, of music and creativity, you don't create a song through order. That that's a result of a song. But when you're starting to write a song, you have you might have no idea where it's going. You play one note and it could go an infinite number of ways. What could the next chord be? What could the next melody line be? There's there's nothing set to it. And so it's it's completely this just uh creative and sometimes spontaneous thing that that happens. But the song can't stay in that state because if you're ever going to play it in front of people or play it in front of multiple crowds over and over again, it has to be ordered and it has to be consistent. Now, there can be some creativity that flows in there, but there's a process of there's nothing, it's chaotic, and now something is formed orderly out of that. And so my point with that is it seems to me that that's kind of like life for us. Or if you're creating something new and or you're going through something new, you don't even have to be creative or entrepreneurial because, you know, spoiler alert, you're facing things that there's not a blueprint for. You're facing things that haven't happened before. And so how do you navigate that to bring some kind of consistency in your own mind? That's the question that faces every single person. And I think the first step is to recognize that whether you think you're a creative person or not, you've got to recognize life is chaotic and it's orderly. And how do I navigate that stuff that's going on in front of me right now? Yeah. I just wanted to kind of go off that explanation of like what you're talking about with creating music. It's the same thing for like a career. It's the same thing for a business. It's the same thing for whatever you want to pursue where you create that create the creativity almost seems like chaos in the moment. Cause you get those ideas out of nowhere but they will only be ideas if you never create order through that idea, if that makes, you know, if you follow that to completion, then you have the end product, right? If you, like you said, with creating a song, you need that creativity, you need the chaos, you need, you need to kind of go out of order to then create something that can be made in order and reproduced over and over and over again and, you know, create something great. But back to kind of the question that Brian poses is like, how do you make plans for your future? I think it really comes down to your identity and knowing who you are, because I would say for myself, this year has been eye opening and yet like really inspiring too with like, Oh, like, this next year I'm graduating. Oh, I'm going to have to start looking for jobs, but, oh, I made a decision in my life that might limit me where I will go in a job because of, you know, personal beliefs and that kind of stuff. But that's a limiting thing, but now it allows me to be creative with what I, what I, what do I really want to do? It allows, you know, it's kind of like, I thought I had the set, you know, this is what I want to do. There's so many different places that I can do this at, but now it's limited. So now it kind of creates more options, but it also limits the options. It like expands like my possibilities and thinking, but it actually limited like what I can actually do. This is actually a core biblical concept to how we're addressing it. Know your identity. This is where you're going and you're going to have to function through these two little realms and how you just described uh, Jason 
um, with music and then how you also describe, like when you hit a roadblock that order is said, you can't do something. You got to now be creative to come around just like you have to create the music, but then a new path of order has to be laid out. So something gets laid, gets a, a trail gets blazed in that. And I thought it was interesting. All of scripture is based on these. There's, there's this concept in all of scripture. So if we know who we are and we're established in truth. So when God spoke something, it had to come into being because he can't lie. So, so it says by, by his words, the world was framed or excuse me, by faith, the world was framed by the word of God. So in other words, out of nothing, something was spoken, a truth was brought out and that truth became a reality in an unordered world, in a, in a dark without order place. And so everything began establishing with this creation in the midst of that, like a a blank slate, a black canvas became all the picture and all the brightness, everything was, was put on that. Right. And the same is true. When you look at every character, God found them, spoke what they were, always declared what they were at the beginning. And then he said, this is where you're going. And it's almost like they were ordered. They they had order from that truth and their identity, but now they're putting their order into an another order that was in conflict, which is the chaos. So the, the structures were competing with each other. And you think of Abraham going into a world that wasn't his and how to navigate that and figure that out. And every day was something new until it got established. But once he had Isaac and, and, and this firstborn son and the miracle son and the, the birthing of life began happening through the promise order began flowing out of that and a structure began flowing out of that. Right. And so chaos doesn't really stay there. It brings about a new, it it should bring about a new order. But the, the whole idea is we're not living chaotically in our relationship with God when we know him and we know who we are. We're actually living in truth and an order, but that's living. It's flowing. It's flexible. It's not hard and rigid and it's a it's but it affects everything around us and so it will feel like you're living in chaos but really if we'll settle ourselves we're actually living in in a different kingdom and we're living orderly i don't know if that made any sense but i was just seeing this picture of god always causing his word to come and bring order to something chaotic yet it causes so much disruption, yet it is the thing that's bringing wholeness. Would you say then, like, your identity would then be order? So, like, God, like, without knowing your identity, you're kind of in chaos. God gives you an identity, which is order, which allows you to function in chaos and order? Or is that, like... I would probably, based on these little terms we're using, and again, we could call these things all sorts of stuff. We're just trying to navigate life. We're just using terms that are being common in our current day. I would call your knowing your identity is wholeness, which is the which is the Jewish word peace. Peace doesn't mean no one's at odds with without as with is without odd at me. It just means I'm whole. I'm complete. So. If I'm in peace, 
then now I can navigate through the rest. And again, it comes back to, I'm not getting my identity from either one. So it allows me to flow in times of chaos where I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. And then I can flow in order where I know exactly what tomorrow's going to look like in, in these functions. But I'm not, I'm not changing who I am within either one of those two pieces. That's probably I, more of the clarification. I would add to that your identity is set and it's and it's firm so that you can operate in chaotic environments. And and honestly, the only thing that well, maybe not the only thing, but probably the greatest thing that makes people afraid of chaotic environments or things being in chaos is that they're not sure of the outcome or they're not sure what's going to happen. They're not sure if it's going to be a positive thing or not. But when you look at it as something being created, like life being created or God creating the universe out of nothing, out of the void and bringing his word into that, which brings order, that's an awesome thing. Like that doesn't, terrify me at all that's amazing and i get excited thinking of what are the what are the things that are going to be birthed out of this because identity is secure and set by god now on the other hand if you don't have that piece if then and not i mean piece of the puzzle not piece of passing all understanding but if you don't have that identity set then you should be terrified of anything that's going on but that's one of the the deepest powers of being a son or daughter of God is that when your identity is set in him, then you can navigate all these chaotic things and you do so, or as you do so, life is birthed out of that. You're not this defeated thing that's just being spun and torn about and full of anxiety all the time. Like you're actually able to bring life out of these things. So when you face something like, shoot, this career I thought I had set up for me right after college doesn't exist anymore. Okay, now what? Now you can pivot and navigate and see something new be birthed out of that. Yeah, it almost reminds me of or reminds me of the story of Jesus in the storm in the boat and the disciples. And I know like for Christians, sometimes that can be cliche because it's like he's just like peace to the storm. And like I think sometimes our idea of it is it's like this like superficial kind of thing. But if you think about it, he was so comfortable in his identity that even in the midst of like a physical storm, he was literally asleep. And because he is peace, like when he woke up and said, peace, like peace, be quiet, be still to the storm. It was just his identity in the chaos taking place and taking order in the chaos just from out of his identity. It wasn't like this, like power coming out of, you know, like, and sometimes the way I think I need to correct myself thinking of things superficially, but it was just like part of his identity. It was in the storm and that was peace. So it brought peace to the storm. And he was, he was literally sleeping in the storm because he was so comfortable in his identity that even when there was pure chaos around him, it didn't matter. And I think that's like, I mean, that's like the greatest way we can live our lives is because no matter what changes from chaos to order, we can still have peace in the middle of the storm and that's like not to be cliche but it i mean if peace is part of your identity if order from god is part of your identity then even the things around you can be affected like chaos or order because part of jesus identity was also disrupting what was dead and bringing it to life like when he went to lazarus he brought 
part of his identity, which was life to Lazarus, and that disrupted Lazarus's whole world in the tomb because he came to life and came out of the tomb. So I think either way, our identity can consistently either disrupt the order or bring peace to the storm. And I think if we walk in life like that, like no matter what the outside circumstances are, then it doesn't matter at all because our identity is affecting the circumstances and the circumstances aren't affecting our identity. Right. I want to, so you mentioned some things that, you know, seem cliche to us at times and you're right, but I want to throw this out there. I think sometimes for people and, and not you, but maybe some people that have heard that stuff in the past, well, Jesus calmed the storm. And I get that. That's a nice cliche, but, and we tend to use that a lot of times when we're making excuses for our own insecurities, like, well, that's nice, but that's, that's kind of cliche. I have a different situation here. And I think a lot of people will use that as an excuse to just pawn off the responsibility of their identity, essentially. And I've, I've been guilty of it too in the past. So I've had this conversation with myself, but at some point you, you get tired of looking at the world and being like, well, man, all this stuff's going on. I don't know if my job's going to be there because this person's doing that and this organization's doing that. And there's all these unknowns in the world. And it's just, it's crazy. Who wouldn't be filled with anxiety with everything going on at some point you either just die in that state or you become something else and realize that God made you something else. And it's, it's kind of a, a reality that hits you in the face at some point, but I mean, at at some point you either take it for what it is or you just give up and live the rest of your life pathetic and filled with anxiety and fear. And I'm not saying everything is easy. Once you, once you believe that stuff, like we can, it can become cliche to assure, but there's something powerful about walking in that identity and actually navigating those things that is just, it, it beats anything else. And when you, when you taste that, then you can look back and you'll see, man, I can't believe that I was ever doubting this or ever called a cliche because it's so real. I think to, um, to that and then something you said caleb it just really it it has occurred to me of the need for the chaos in order for anything creative to come out you don't have creativity just out of chaos you don't have anything new nothing living out of just chaos you don't have anything new or living out of just order it is the blending back and forth is what creates some it sparks something it it creates newness and I think there's something super powerful in that, that just how you were describing specifically, Caleb, those two pieces working together, how Jesus, there's times that he brought order when there was chaos and he brought chaos when there was order and he was constantly, but something was creating something bigger, something newer out of that whole piece. And so we're in, I think we could actually say we are in an exciting time in history, a dangerous time. A chaotic, a a, a uh, one that y- it's going to challenge our being. At the same token, it's in those moments is where the opportunity is. It's no accident that an enemy in warfare tries to create cra- chaos among the troops that they're fighting 
in order that to find a way to get an opportunity in among them. At the same token, too much order causes the troops not to be able to be mobile enough to go handle the different events. So if we get those things kind of flowing and being okay with it going from back to forth because we're stable, man, we, we're living in some cool times. Uh, cool in the, in the old 1970s metaphor of amazing times, but dangerous. So let me ask you guys this. What would you say to someone who says, well, I'm not really a creative person. You guys are talking about new things coming out of chaos and being and coming into order and that working together. But I don't really do well when things aren't organized and orderly. I just don't have that that side of me. What do you guys say to that kind of a person? Are they saying that they're orderly and they're kind of their gifting is like whether it's an accounting or engineering that they, they know how to take problems and put them into order. That's creative all by itself. If you're saying I need someone else to put my life into order because I'm not creative, we have a different issue. So I think those that find order, I, I don't know if you realize it, but the gift of government is actually a gift of God by the Holy Spirit, the gift of government. Putting government in order, putting, putting structure into place over things is a gift. So people are good at it. So do your gift. But guess what? The moment you're trying to do that, somebody's going to oppose it. It's going to go against the grain of something else because you're bringing something new into that. Because you're coming from your whole heart. That's creative. So I think we have the definition of creative differently. It's, it's creative is you're taking what you are, you're putting it into that environment, and you're bringing forth something new or more established or more clarified or more built up in that. So would you say that everyone can operate in, in this idea? Because when we look at this question of, okay, how do we live our lives when things around us are chaotic and how do we operate in that and bring order from that? Is that something everyone is even capable of? Yes. In your view of saying yes, you're saying that everyone is able and it is possible to function in the chaos without order. Like be able to create something out of nothing in a sense. Yes. By the original thing we're talking about in the sense of as a whole person, whole, knowing my identity in God in a chaotic environment. Yes. I can bring order. And you throw me into the other one, I could bring new life and go against the grain. They're both happening. And for someone to say, well, that's just not me. It's not my personality. I'm just a really good employee. I've never built anything. I've never done anything. I think we got these terms wrong because uh, Joseph in prison, just being himself as an administrator, wasn't building anything. But he was creating. He was bringing life. He was he was shining light in darkness. Right? Isn't this what the creative? This is what God the Creator did. He put light in dark places. You're bringing light there. You're bringing yourself. You're bringing uh, your your everything that that you are to that place. So if you're a janitor and you're whole, you can still bring creativity to that place. 
So the idea I can't, it's because we've put status on things. So we measure someone who's an artist based on status. How much they're recognized, how much fame they get, how much is it worth, is it valuable, how does the world term it. And again, now we're dealing with a different dimension of order. That's a that's the kingdom of darkness order that's based on your uh, ego and pride versus God's kingdom. I mean, isn't this what caused... This is the, all of Joseph's problem. Jacob brought disorder to the system that the other brothers were prepared for. The oldest gets the inheritance and is the administrator of the home. And instead, it went to Joseph, the youngest. He reversed something. And now, everything's on an upend, and Joseph has to navigate out of this by being whole, by being who he is in every event, in every environment, until he gets to the top. And every place that he brings order to, someone strips away the robe to bring more chaos, and then he brings order to that, and then someone strips away to the robe to bring chaos, and then he brings order to that, and then he's running the nation. So in his case... As an administrator, he was the one that's more order-bringing in the midst of chaos, where someone else may bring a little more chaos in the midst of order. But either way, they're both kind of operating. And I know we're getting split on hairs and people are going to get lost. Okay, chaos, order, blah, blah, blah. The whole point is you have the ability in your wholeness to affect the environment that you are placed in. And I think the reason why people may have that view that they can't is because of how we've um defined creativity in society in a sense meaning you have in order to be creative you have to be good at social media or you have to be good at creating a post that everyone's interested in or you have to be able to play an instrument and create amazing cool noise and I don't know, be able to sing. You, you have to be entrepreneurial, but that's not the case from what I'm hearing. It sounded like Joseph was, I mean, he was a slave, right? He was under rule, but yet he was still creative through that. He still functioned in his identity, as in, even though he was held down. And if you were to say, what was his calling? Probably an administrator or an executor. That doesn't seem like a creative type. Seems like very process, very methodical. Uh, save up for seven years. Here's how we're going to save. Da, 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 da. So we have, and here's how we're going to redistribute. So when they come, we're not going to just blow it all in the very methodical, very structured, very ordered as far as his calling goes, yet very a catalyst of huge chaos. So those that came after him tried to bring him into chaos away from his calling. But he was, his calling was to bring order. And, and godly chaos brings order. So he brought chaos to the family, yet at the same time bring order. And he didn't need to share the dream that his whole family would bow to him. That isn't probably the best thing to stir common family ties when there's already huge tension uh, among. 
and I don't think he said, actually, I don't believe he said it arrogantly. He was just sharing something that he had, God gave him a dream. Here's the dream. And I think the boldness to share that dream is what empowered him later on, by the way. And so he does. And then it caused chaos. So good creative order. So if you're that creative order type, you're going to cause chaos in the order you're trying to come into. The moment you introduce a better way to bring order, you've just caused chaos. That's creativity. So it, it, you're always being creative, but to your point, we, we have defined it wrong. I have one question that may take us a little off track, but I, I think I kind of picked up on it as we were talking through this whole thing. Each point where chaos is made order, it's like a word is spoken. Is spoken. So like something is said, something is done in the physical almost like a like a word or some you know like jesus said be still to the water and it became still so how how important is words and what we say into this chaos and order or does it not does it play an effect at it it is the source of all change think about how john starts out in the beginning was the word and the word was god God cannot be separated from his word. God does not change his word. So everything he created, it says in the, when he created everything, he spoke and those words became, and it says the spirit hovered over bringing life. When Mary got, was impregnated, it was his word that impregnated her and the spirit brought life to it, which is why truth matters so much. You think about all the problems going on in our world right now. If no one said anything, would we have the problems we have? It's because someone said something or someone didn't say something and someone else called them out for not saying something. But could it be, I'm curious on the side of like, if someone doesn't, if someone speaks outside of their identity, is that where we get this divide? Whereas if everyone spoke in line with their identity, would there be some sort of, I don't know, perfect world in a sense or something? Or is it, or maybe that the fact that people don't stand up and speak their identity when they should, and they're just quiet. Are you referring to it kind of like if you only spoke the truth, you actually knew not the things you know about. Man, imagine that's that exactly. kind of world. Yeah. What if you only, yeah, we are kind of distracted, but it all ties together. What if you only spoke what you knew that you were, that was a part of you, that you embraced? What would I think that be? absolutely does tie in though, because maybe the biggest problem that we're seeing today is the result of people speaking of things that they don't know and everyone believing the things that other people are speaking that they don't know about. And sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong, but then your entire belief system is built around someone else's opinion of something. And so the world becomes more chaotic and then people are speaking of things they don't know. And the world becomes more chaotic because there's disbelief and there's arguments and people that the cycle just continues mm. itself and you get less and less order and more and more chaos in a negative way. And so like, like we'd mentioned before, 
life doesn't come. I actually don't remember how you phrased it, Brian, but you said something about chaos just by itself does not bring about any positive thing. I don't remember how exactly you were phrasing it, but that's kind of what we see is more and more of that and less truth, less order, less stability because people are just regurgitating and vomiting out what they heard someone else say. And, uh, and that applies almost, del- in almost a deliberately. way that applies in a church spiritual way as well. Yeah. There, there's a marriage between the two that produces something. I mean, if you just go back to the original creation, you got a blank slate and God spoke and the worlds were created and light came and he made the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he brought forth th- this living thing off this canvas. But just to have constant chaos, to your point, it's a marriage between the two. One builds off of the other, and it it keeps growing. So, um, I think- so maybe let me ask you as a question that brings us back into a full circle: How do you guys personally navigate all of this when you know there's this negative chaos just perpetuating itself in the world around you, especially you, Tommy and Caleb coming out of college. There's things are not the same as they were a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. And so you're kind of getting a up close and personal firsthand look at this. Okay. Stuff's not exactly what I thought it might be or what I was told it might be. Or maybe you've already gone through that and you're years past it having figured out the right answer and you can enlighten us then. I would say for me, I guess I kind of realized that when you don't speak out what you truly know, like what we were just talking about or what you truly believe, it ends up creating a lot more chaos, like un- unmanageable chaos in your life than if you had just spoken what you truly believe. I find myself like in a lot of different situations where it's like, huh, why why did i say that if i that's not truly what i believe i just created all these issues with xyz situation where if i would have just spoken out what i believe and faced the ramifications for that i would have been in a way better position knowing that we all know where i stand and it's not like a creating a false nature in in james it says be a doer of the word not a hearer only deceiving yourself and that word doer means poet. It means actor, like an actor of a movie or an actor of a play. In other words, they have to absorb that part and act out what they believe. So sometimes I think even in the speaking of the truth that James is talking to about, don't just hear something that you know to be true and you just are repeating it. And you're basically putting the responsibility on someone else to be that. And they were holding them accountable, but we're not actually being that thing. So if the words that we speak is what we've lived, what we've embodied, if, if you believe that blueberries are the best dessert, but you're always ordering cherry pie when blueberry dessert's available, I would say you don't really believe that. You're just repeating something you think is, but really you're a cherry pie person. You just don't want people to know you're a cherry pie person. So you say the thing that you know should be said, but it's not you. And I think that's a big, big difference in speaking truth. I thought that was a great point, Tommy. What if we only spoke from the realm 
that we were. And what I, I just hearing this whole conversation unfold is like really eye opening to me to see like how many times do we speak out of like you want someone to like you, so you say what you know you're supposed to say, not what you really believe. And man, that is like, wow. I see multiple times in my life where it's like, oh, I lived by that and I let that person define who I am or that group define who I am instead of really truly living out who I am. So in a way, wouldn't you and, say we, we do it on such subtle things that we start out living, building our life on lies and we wonder why uh, something comes in and completely tears the whole thing down that the thing we thought was order actually became the chaos of our life. This also takes courage, strength, honor, all that type of stuff all adds into this because what does it take to truly live from this place of truth? It takes courage because you're putting yourself out there to be rejected by someone who maybe doesn't believe the same thing you believe. And are you going to let your world come crumbling down on the whims of some person? Or are you going to take the truth that God gave you and stand on that? And I think that's just something like that. I got to remind myself too, is that this is living from a place of courage. This is living from a place of strength too. It's living a place of honor because honor plays into this too, because you respect the other person enough to speak truth to them and not tell them a lie and have them continue to rep repeat this lie. And so I think all of this kind of plays together and, you know, into the chaos and order as a whole. Like my favorite chariots of fire, you have Eric, Eric Liddell, he just loves running. He feels God's pleasure when he runs and he keeps his order and he keeps everything around him. And, oh, you, you, you have to run. He's in the Olympics and, oh, you got to run on Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't run on Sunday. Not, not because, not because he would go to hell if he ran on Sunday, but because he committed that day to God and he wouldn't break it. It was his commitment. That was his truth. It was so real to him. He wouldn't violate it. So you can do whatever. I'm not running. I don't love running more than I love my commitment to God. And that was his. And he wouldn't violate it. So what happened? He was willing to walk away. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to bow to you. I'm, I'm not changing. I don't need to. I'm content within myself. I know who I am. So what do they do? They have to go change the day of the race. The Olympics had to change the day of the race because one man was just, I'm not changing. And then he goes in and wins. And then when he gets done, he could have made a career of just traveling around and because he was famous. No, he goes back to mission work in China, ends up getting killed by the Japanese in the rape of Nanking. I mean, how does that all happen? Why would you do that? Because his identity wasn't in those things. And look at how much it affected. That's what I'm saying. We could get to those places that are amazing in the in a better way than what the world has said you have to do but he just lived his truth that's kind of my if i had to narrow it down to one takeaway from this whole topic is if you don't have that core truth established then you will all the good intentions all the discipline in the world it's not going to help you navigate the stuff that's going on it's not going to help you move forward in your journey and successfully get through how crazy the world is it's it's not going to mean anything but if you have that core if you have that piece set in there then you can navigate all this stuff so that when when literally the direction of your life 
changes and shifts, you're still solid and some and order can come out of that. And you can navigate the things and see something new created and birthed in that process. And, but, but you have to have that core. You have to have that identity set. Otherwise, all the things that will be created aren't going to be what you want. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from this, because earlier, uh, Jason, when you asked, like, how do you handle the chaos? I think it's also the question of how do you handle the order, too? Because like we've been saying this whole time, like, I think we just commonly more like experience chaos that's disrupting our order. And that's more uncomfortable than order because order, we don't have any obligation to do anything necessarily because we can sit back and leave it. But I think both like a takeaway from me is both of those are just as dangerous because in one, there's no life and another it's can be destructive if you don't have the truth. So I think my takeaway is don't do things for the sake of fixing chaos and don't do things for the sake of destroying order. Cause like you were saying, Brian, at the beginning, like you can become that, but simply do things for the sake of truth. So in life, do it for the sake of truth, not for anything else. And that will be a consistent thing in your life so that when order and chaos come, it doesn't really matter because part of who you are is just the truth. And that affects your circumstances, just like Jesus did in his life. He, his identity was the truth. I am the way, the truth, and life. You know, that's what he said. So when he came to situations, no matter what it looked like, it didn't matter because his identity was truth and that's what affected it, not for the sake of anything else. The point of like your identity being wholeness and like peace and like complete, that really changed like how I view my identity as like, okay, I don't have to like strive to become this because I'm already made whole through this. It's like, I don't have to act a certain way. I just be who I am in that way. And like, this is stuff I know, but it's just like that reinforcement of like, that is your identity and like chaos and order doesn't change that because you're already complete. Mm -hmm. So you just function as you are in the chaos and the order and you'll be fine. All right. We're going to wrap up this episode with that. And if you guys have some questions on any of this stuff with identity, strength, courage, influence, truth, go back in the archives and look for some of the episodes we've done because we spent a lot of time going deeper into what those practically look like, how to get there and, and all of that stuff. So if you have some questions, go into the archives, but you can also just leave us a comment uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast or on the Mission 300 Instagram as well. We appreciate you guys listening in each and every episode. Until next time, keep the faith and stay in the fight.